Welcome to Dubai Fashion News, the podcast where you can get to know everything about the fashion industry. Here we will interview fashion designers, influencers, models, photographers, shop owners, you name it. And what for? To learn their insights, their stories, and the lessons they learn along the way. I'm your host, Araceli Gallego, recording this time from Kuwait City. Today we have with us a super energetic and vibrant handbag designer, Marie de la Roche. She will tell us her story, the story of her eponymous brand, how working in the past as a creative consultant, editor, and as a buyer helped her understand today her clients, and how she is opening a very interesting market, Korea. Stay put, don't go anywhere. The interview starts right now. such a pleasure to be in Kuwait City with you. This city is amazing. Thank you, my pleasure to be here. <laughs> Marianne de la Roche is the designer behind the brand Marie de la Roche. Tell us more about your brand. Okay, so we started our brand about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. We launched in, well, a little bit more actually now I realize that. Uh, we launched in January from last year in Kuwait. Uh, we launched with two different capsules and um, I wanted to create a brand that um, I wanted to create a statement bags, you know, things that are really fun, really playful, that are really bold and colorful, something that makes you happy whenever you wear it. Mm -hmm. So basically that's kind of like what we do. That's what yeah. you stand for. Mm -hmm. um, you are such a citizen of the world. You were born in Colombia, mm -hmm. you lived in for quite some time in Kuwait, now you're based in Singapore. And I might be missing some other destinations. <laughs> you definitely must be really into traveling, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm yeah. always on a plane, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about your trips. How do they influence you as a creator? Well, I lived a, I've lived in Europe. I've lived in Southeast Asia. I lived in the Middle East and in Latin America. So I think wow. a lot of it... Um, <laughs> Everywhere. It, it, it made me think about the idea of a global beauty and how women, you know, like what makes women feel good, what makes them tick in like different parts of the world. So in some parts, women feel a little bit better if they have a branded bag, for example. Mm -hmm. In other parts, they want to be more cool and it's a bit more niche. In other parts, they want to wear just black. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to think which ones are in your markets, who are you designing for, and have a sort of global muse. So that's kind of like what I try to think about when, when I'm thinking of something. Oh, that's amazing. So basically, all your trips basically make you, allow you to get to know better your potential customers, yeah. basically. That's yeah, it, it starts taking shape for the trips, actually, uh, a little bit. Like, I never thought I would, I lived in Jakarta a long time ago, and now I'm living in Jakarta again, so we opened a second studio there. And um, I didn't think my brand would work there, for example, because everyone loves black. It's a very minimalistic place. Okay. And now we have three three stores carrying our stuff there so wow. that's very surprising you know and sometimes cities change right and they have more exposure to global trends right. so you really never know it always surprises you so I, I love I love being surprised in that way that you never know you know like I'm selling in Ukraine for example wow. and it came from people looking for my product in Ukraine and in Russia and I was like wow <laughs> I didn't know they sell my things there you know that's so cool so um, when did you know you wanted to become a fashion designer 
when I was four. Wow, so early. Yeah, so um, I started. Everyone on my mom's side are involved with politics and this kind nice. of things and philosophy, but they all have an artistic vein. Mm-hmm. So my mom paints, she works with sculptures, my dad paints, my uncle, everyone in my family paints or write poetry, like have some kind of like artistic thing. So I think it was normal in our family that everyone can draw. And um, <laughs> I started drawing, I love Barbies, so I started drawing dresses and princesses and things when I was four. and we had fashion channels so i was watching the fashion tv at the same time that i was watching disney channel so i grew up with both <laughs> and by the time i was five i was doing contests with uh, paper dolls so mm-hmm. i had like my neighbors and my my friends come over and we'd sketch to see who made the best dress and we'd also cut and try to do one like with fabric and whatever and by the time I was five my mom got me a small sewing machine like for kids oh, it was nice. pink Barbie, a Barbie sewing machine and I was making pillows which are very basic that was my first <laughs> foray into fashion and like baby pillows and then dresses which Barbie couldn't get out of but anyway because I couldn't do slippers <laughs> so that's kind of like when it started that's really nice. So you really, really like uh, early, st- early started. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, it started early. <laughs> and then later you decided to go and study fashion. Yeah, you were very clear that you wanted. Oh, to I really fashion. that was the thing. Like my parents, yeah, I had a fixation. <laughs> so that was the thing. I was a kid who was dressing weird in school. Like they weren't wearing the strange things. I was like customizing them. And um, because Colombia is a very sexy country, you know, yeah. it's it's sexy. People like to wear tight things. People sexy. like to show their curves. I was the girl who started wearing black and deconstructed stuff and reading about designers that no one had heard of in my country. Asking my dad to bring me those pieces whenever he traveled. <laughs> so I was wearing super strange things, and my friends knew me for wearing like out there stuff. That's what I call it to be very not rude. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, it's a little bit out there. <laughs> and I felt very comfortable you wearing things that no one else had, you know, like wearing something that made me different, I guess. So yeah. That's really something else. So then you um, what happened? Because you started first uh design, was it industrial, industrial design, industrial product design, design yeah. Right. Your family told you like, yeah well <laughs> so my dad is like well he's an engineer right yeah. so he's a little bit by the book <laughs> at the same time he knew it was very creative and i wanted to do my thing and in colombia there wasn't enough push for fashion at the time right. so he was like you know i want you to find something that complements what what you're doing and what you want to do and yeah. he, he kept telling me about armani he's like no armani is an architect and i was like i don't want to study architecture <laughs> and um so i started looking into product design because i like the like everything else is fine like Ikea I love Ikea you know and I thought it was so interesting to create products that are a little bit different from what everyone else is doing you know like Ron Arad there's so many so many interesting people and and I like the idea of how design can be trendless and basically things don't change like if you look at uh, furniture and houses from the 40s that design is still cool today I actually did my thesis based on that on architecture relating it back to fashion and how you can like escape trends so I studied product design first and I focus on customer experience and creating spaces so everything from the smell to the music and I came to apply it later on in life very casually when I was a creative consultant yeah wow and uh, you chose to, to study Raffles Design Institute in Singapore so you mm-hmm. studied in Singapore I studied in Marangoni and in Singapore so in Italy in, in Italy Marangoni, Marangoni and in Singapore in, in Raffles yeah but being from uh, Latin America <laughs> and <different. laughs> studying in Asia because the Italian part, I can imagine, is like a little it's bit similar. Similar, a little similar. Bit similar yeah. Yeah. How do they, how do they do things? Because they, they, 
It means that you don't sleep. <laughs> um, it's a little bit. Uh, it's very disciplined. That's what I would say. Especially because Singapore is a perfectionist country, okay. and it's all about they want to be the best of the best. You know, that's mm-hmm. because it's a very new country, and they have managed to be who they are in less than fifty years. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all shaped by the last person who was president there, Lee Kuan Yew, and um, it's incredible because they have like these. This discipline and this seriousness about everything they do is like a little bit psychotic. It's great, but it's very psychotic. And uh, I've always been a perfectionist, but I didn't know I was gonna be like, <laughs> oh my god, you know. And it got to the point that I was leaving, breathing, sleeping, fashion, you know. So, that, like, it's not for whims. Basically, it's like I I remember we used to say it was like a calendar, our trimesters, because my school was was my trimesters. So we'd be like 35 girls in the first trimester. Then we were six. From my generation, only three of my my trimester graduated, wow. and then they joined us with another trimester because they like so many people dropped out because they they can't handle it. It's like too much pressure, so you really have to want it. And uh, it's I mean, extremely difficult then. It's yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it's just like too much it, discipline. It just requires discipline. And people who study fashion they do it because you're very passionate about it. It's not because it pays so well, you know. Yeah, it's like true. <laughs> so very honest. It's because you you love it you have it in your blood and, and you have this drive to, to do it so yeah wow. so you it, it, was it difficult to adapt like kind not, of like not really because I've, I've I'm a perfectionist so I come and Marangoni wasn't very easy anyway like in Marangoni I remember sometimes maybe like uh, 180 sketches in three days <laughs> and you just get used to it. your head hurts a lot I remember one time when I just started putting my hand in a bucket of ice because I, I draw very hard so It's not good for me, but yeah. I still do it. It's like, if I don't draw hard, I'm not drawing. You know, so <laughs> it hurts so much. And I was like, I need to continue. This is the worst. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a hand. Um, so you get used to it. And, and you pick up the pace, and it makes you just better than you. Like, it really challenges you, you right. know, like, to be able to deliver in the way they want you to deliver. You know, and it's crazy. My teachers were crazy. And uh, they're like... <laughs> they're scary as well <laughs> so but I think it made me better because at the same time you want to show them that you can be really great and right. I like you know they would ask me for you know by the time I was about to graduate like my last years there they'd be like okay I want a 12 for like you know four 12s in the next two weeks I would shop in a week with the four 12s and I was like that's right you know because I don't like having things pending right. so I'm a bit OCD about it so <laughs> I would just you know not sleep and I'm like okay I'm done <laughs> Wow, and all these studies, how did they help you to actually build your brand? Well, did they... One of the things, that, okay, for example, like, one of the things that I learned in industrial design, I would say, is like, one, respect for the, the, the materials, and uh, what you're using, you're using really good materials, also think a little bit outside the box, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, manipulate textures, like, try, try to think about, because... People who have a fashion design background, maybe they don't think about texture so much or cuts, right. but because I used to work with plastics and wood and all these things, so you think a little bit about it. Well, how can you do something new? How can you use like thermoformate or you know use a weird technique, uh, different materials that no one has used? And uh, so I would say that from product design, um, I would say from Marangoni, I learned to have a global vision about the things that I do. Mm-hmm. So Marangoni, you learn how to do everything from editing a magazine, even just in the fashion design program, mm-hmm. editing a magazine, styling, everything. So you have all the tools to at least you're a generalist right and, right. You, and you know how to start things even in, on a basic level so it taught me how to you know if I'm doing my lookbook I was doing my first lookbooks myself you know like how to edit everything without having to need the need of anyone else you know right. so it makes you a very independent worker like you're like a multi like you know like a Swiss knife basically right <laughs> and you can do a little bit everything yourself 
Yeah, and uh, then in Singapore, I would say something that was very strong in my program was research. So we did a lot of research and they have an amazing library there, the National Library. So I remember doing collections based on Opera No, which is a Japanese opera where they have masks, but they don't show emotions. And you have to guess just by what they're doing with their hands, what's oh, wow. going on in the story. Um, to doing things based on Himalayan and what they, what they were in the Himalayas, you know. And, and it's so different, but you have access to so much knowledge and so many interesting things that maybe you wouldn't in other places because it's a very rich library so every trimester we had to do so much research and in every class you're doing different kinds of research so it makes you more cultured which is great you end up reading a lot and uh, it, it really expands your work you know so I, I I think I got that from there just to always you know like really go into deep and find themes that no one has thought about and um, besides that also to make something really nice inside like because my school had a, an emphasis on haute couture so mm-hmm. everything's perfect outside everything's perfect inside so Everything for me it's really important that you get something a beautiful bag outside but it looks amazing inside as well right. you know, because it's also respect for the customer that's the way I see it like like you're you're spending some money in something yeah. beautiful. It better be beautiful inside as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. It has to look and be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen some designers that I really love. You know, like when you order pieces online. Yeah. And then you look at the seams and I'm like, how can they do this? This is so cheap. Yeah. This is the cheapest finish. How can they? Oh my god, you know. And and then you feel ripped off. You feel silly, you know. And and I don't want my customers to ever feel like that. So that's why even the shopping bags, you know, we do them like that. We use a special sweat that comes from France. Like this paper only exists there. They produce it one. Once, once a year so you have to pre-order it and you know Japanese cotton for the cotton bags and I really want the person who opens a bag that comes from my brand to feel like okay this was made for me with love you know right. so that's kind of like the old, those are the things that I have brought into my brand I guess from school yeah that's great that's great so um when did you start your brand it was right after you finished your studies you felt ready or how was it what was your dream no. you oh. had a clear <laughs> idea what you wanted to do no it was I was escaping production actually <laughs> <laughs> it was not I, I wanted to well I work I work for magazines and I intern in other things and in styling while I was studying so I really wanted to try different parts of the industry because I think it's an amazing industry right. and there are so many different jobs you know like now you have scenography choreography of shows you know like so many interesting things and I wanted to try my hand in as many as possible so I did editing I wrote articles I did styling when I was in school and before school and then when I when I graduated I wanted to take a bit of a break from production and mm-hmm. creating a collection so I got a really interesting opportunity to be a creative consultant slash buyer and uh, it became my job to find and nurture new designers and help them That's improve great. their brand so it's interesting because you learn as well how to you know like how to make things better and and it's it's nice to be able to improve the vision of someone else right. you know and to support them because it's so hard it's so hard having your own brand and like getting it out there you know That's and true. And it was nice to be able to be that person for other people. So um, I was helping, you know, creating pop-up shops, bringing up new designers, bringing similar designers with similar aesthetic to other stores, um, helping them create better products. Uh, this creating. is a little bit what we wanted, what we intend to do with your show here, basically. That mm-hmm. same thing, kind of like nurture talent and be able to expose them and give them the opportunity to be out and there. And protect the designer at the same time when yeah. you have a chance. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. so that's what I did for a while. Then And I then you became one of those emerging designers. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? I, I honestly didn't think I 
would go back to the side. I was having so much fun. <laughs> and um, then I, I did some brand management. And while I was doing brand management, I was having dreams of designing in the beach. <laughs> and, and I guess you can't skate what you love. You know, yeah. like, I think I just needed a break to, like, <laughs> freshen my eyes and, you know, really know what I wanted, how I wanted to do it. And that's when I started thinking about having my own brand. Yeah. And uh, what about the not so creative part? You were probably not dreaming about, oh, I would love to do some accounting for my own. <laughs> no. Do you have help to do that? Or I'm how not, do you get I'm not best around? friends with numbers. <laughs> to be honest, it has never Pretty been my normally No, yeah, 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 no. Our brain just different, uh, unfortunately. Um, so it, it takes us an extra effort to learn about this thing. So um, I did do a business course while I was, uh, I worked in Jakarta before I went to Singapore so mm. like in my break between Marangonian and uh, Raffles I worked in Jakarta for a fashion magazine but while, while I was doing that I took a business course on, on fashion right. so like uh, business and management so I did it for a year at the same time that I was working for the magazine so it helped me I, I, honestly I hated it <laughs> uh, because there were all these terms that I was like oh my god profit blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and I was like oh, I don't think I need this but okay fine you know and it's it's a little bit harder when your brain is more wired to do creative things you know yeah. And it's not something you memorize. Like, I'm very good with chemistry, for example, because I memorize it, you know, and, and you already know what you're going to use. But in this case, you really have to think about it. You have to calculate, et cetera, et cetera, losses and profits. And when I was a buyer, oh, my God, that really came yeah. in handy, you know. Exactly. But uh, it's not my favorite part of the business, I have to say. My favorite part is actually, I really like developing the business besides the creative part. You know, like um, designing your collection ends up being 10% of what you're doing, you know, when you have your own brand. And the rest is promotion. The rest is promotion. You have to just think, how am I going to make it work? You know, yeah. how to, even if you're doing an Instagram campaign, how am I going to do it that it makes sense? Um, finding your right market, finding the right stores, you know, getting through the right magazines, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very, it's, it's a very wholesome thing you know you end up learning so many things you didn't know you had to um and uh, for accounting i've had good people helping me let's put it That's yeah good, yeah. <laughs> yeah but also had to learn you know like some yeah, things yeah. that especially when you're that is you're the creative you don't want to get into the numbers because you want to do gold dusted skin you know <laughs> and then you look at the numbers and you're like maybe i should not do that this season <laughs> you know so it's nice because you start designing with that in mind without it like making you like back off or anything but it, it makes you more conscious about what you're creating exactly. as well which it's is interesting advice. you know because you have to work with that and also like i do consultancies as well for other brands so now doing that it also makes you work with that budget so it's it's interesting how the numbers come into play there yeah. and when you started was your business bootstrap or was it you require financing for no, it? no 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 it's financed by me wow. yeah so you, you finance savings you savings but bootstrapping like oh yeah. my god we we save money yeah we, we tried <laughs> we take care of our money <laughs> no because at the end of it like you want to go super grand at the beginning but it requires a huge investment yeah. and i like the freedom of owning everything that i'm doing yeah. so that's that's it's it's a blessing that i've been able to do it yeah um but yeah you certainly have to become very careful with the money how you spend it and you learn your lessons that's what i have to say you know sometimes you something seems great and then you go for it and then it's not that great and you lost a lot of <laughs> money from your brand. you know like i'm not a lot of money you know what i mean so yeah so you you become very clever and you learn your lessons and that's what i would say what do you produce you produce what do you produce your Hun items where yeah oh okay 
Why? <laughs> I was like, oh, handbags. Um, we produce I in know. Spain. <laughs> we produce in Spain at the moment in Ubrique. It's a very charming small town that is focused on manufacturing the best of the best in leather in Spain. So I, I love it. I love that the town is like passionate and vivid in Spain. And yeah. yeah I, it's just leather and bags and Every, it's great. I've been in Ubrique and it's amazing. Everybody in the village works in handbag. Yeah. And, and in, the, in, the, in the business. They, yeah. You, you go to have a beer in the middle of the night and actually the people that are there all of them are working in the business yeah, they're all so them, yeah, for yeah. hours with every one of them and they're amazing and very big brands actually yeah, yeah like Chanel is opening a factory there now I'm working with people who's worked with Chloe with Lancel Paris and it's, it's amazing Loewe also has her factory yeah. this is how I up there I had a friend who used to work for Loewe yeah. and he mentioned the town and it kind of like stayed in the back of yeah. my mind but I was like ah, the trip seems kind of long <laughs> and um, I'm quite happy to be doing things yeah. there now actually. and over there they have also a, a technology uh, mm. kind of like a center for leather technology mm. it's amazing they do amazing stuff in that you are very no it's place. a great place for it. it's like yeah it's the perfect place for it yeah. <laughs> over there well you have a lot of hands uh, amazing people artisans that do but then your designs are so complex they must be really skilled and probably they hate you a lot for your they designs. hate me a lot <laughs> so every time i walk in with a new idea they just look at me in despair oh my God, <laughs> I'm like, so how? i love that if i have if i have done any kind of like sample in fabric or something before they just sit and look at it at the table and you'll see all of them come together <laughs> to look at it and they look at me like this insane girl what does she do this to us and at the same time they get excited and they're happy to be doing something different you know it's just like let's say my samples take longer than other brands to develop you know like something yeah. that would take a month it, it takes me it could take me eight months to develop just one sample sometimes you know yeah because your shapes the, the shapes are different yeah. like I try to do things as different as possible not for the sake of it but to really create new shapes you know right patterns must be crazy for them yeah a little bit <laughs> Yeah. So how do you control the quality scale? Because uh, you're really, I mean, uh, touching your bags, the quality is amazing. It's really outstanding. Well, I'm very annoying. So <laughs> uh, I really go, I source the, fa the, the factory, the fabric, I was going to say. I source the leather myself. Uh, I go to the tanneries. I see the processes they have. Um, and I have a great production manager as well. So I don't need to be there all the time. Like, he already knows my standards. So as I'm traveling because we have the studio in Kuwait and then the studio in Jakarta depends on where I am or if I'm like in Tokyo or somewhere like that um, they'll just send me the samples there I'll check them and send it back and I try to go to Spain the less possible so I can do promotion I can right. do other things um, but so far you know as long as they know what you want to do you know how your usual pieces are it works great you know so and I'm very very picky <laughs> so that helps you know to like keep a they standard know. they're like you they're keep scared a very they're standard. scared <laughs> <laughs> so they're like okay okay we know we can do this <laughs> she will not like it <laughs> now I want to ask you for the design about the design because the bags are really cute very beautiful very feminine mm. but they're not for the shy ones no they're not they're not well, for me. I, I guess it's like you know, like tit for tat, right? Like some people, I have friends that are like really out there, you know, and, and yeah. they really love this kind of thing. So I have other girlfriends that are, they're more, they dress neutral, they like their neutral pink heels or like right. caramel color, but they like having that piece that stands yeah. out. And to me, surprising sometimes, like I get ladies who are maybe my mom's age, who wouldn't, my mom's a little bit conservative, you know, she's, yeah. she's a Ferragamo lady. <laughs> and um, and they'll wear some of my pieces to parties and things like that. And I'm like, I'm, and I'm surprised sometimes. I'm like, I'm like, but it doesn't really, I don't know. <laughs> and, and it's great. It's great that people can see the potential of the packs with different 
kinds of outfits, you know? So sometimes it brings out something instead. Like, mm-hmm. I love, I, okay, I like different things, right? But I really embrace black. Let's just put it that way to like, it's obscene how much black I wear. And sometimes I'll just wear one of my bags with all black and yeah. it works great. Yeah, it works great. Uh, well, I think the, me- the message behind your bags are really like confidence. Mm, yeah. You know, because it's like, so, they're so bold, they're so, yeah. as you say, out there, really. Mm. Like, it's great. You can pair them with whatever you want yeah. at the end of the day. They're really like confidence and shouting out loud yeah. confidence. No, I want them to really feel And I love like your <laughs> motto too because it's like, <laughs> be bold or go home. <laughs> But the other thing I was speaking about is like what makes more sense to me, you know? And the thing is that even you know, like it just started from the way I dressed, you know, right. like the way I dressed my country is very traditional. And um, I was wearing deconstructed pants when all the girls were wearing tight pants, you know. Right. And I was wearing the weird boots, like motor you know, motor boots, those ones that used to have cheese. Yeah. And I was wearing them with like weird deconstructed ball pants and people just wouldn't get it. <laughs> and my parents were like, Are you really going on like that? <laughs> and for me I just felt I felt so good by doing something different, like going against the stream, you know, like it made me feel empowered, you know. And uh, that's kind of like what I wanted to create. I wanted to create, like I wanted to bring out that that person that everyone has. You know, like every person wants to be out of their shell every now and then. Not all the time, yeah. but there's those moments where you want to have all the eyes on you and feel great about it. You know, mm-hmm. and I want to think that my muse, my customer, feels amazing when she's wearing the bag and she's out there and she's in the world and she's like she doesn't care that it's not maybe a huge brand or she doesn't care that it doesn't have you know like a certain logo or whatever because she knows she has a very cool piece with her you know and that's kind of like what what i want the the motto to stand for what about your inspirations where do they come from where do you get inspiration well uh it really depends i think it has a, a lot to do with my travels actually um it depends on where i am really because i really travel like way too much yeah. for my own good and um it has to do with that it has to do with the things i see and one of the things that I took uh, from my school in industrial design, in industrial design, was that uh, we use a lot of uh, shapes from nature, uh-huh. and then we would deconstruct them. So basically, you you do something called explosion. So explosion means to take out all the elements from stuff. So you have a flower, and then you take the petals out, and then how are the, the petals constructed? How many shapes do you see in it? And uh, that's kind of like the way I operate, you know. So whenever I see something, I think about the explosion of the element. Okay, not like all the time. You get like I'm not like guys like a psychorama going around, you know, like like seeing things that construct in my mind. But you know, like if I see a very interesting arch, for I, I really like architecture as a reference, like different kinds, especially historical buildings. So if you look at a tower and then you see like the top or something, and you think of the, where the shape came from, and you start thinking about how you could apply it somewhere else. So I I would bring out like jackets out of it when I was in fashion school and things like that, and I would always take references from like you know, be- before. Like, I, I really like historical reference because it, there's so many interesting things in... Yeah, actually, in this last collection is based on Ottoman Empire. Yes, right? Ottoman Empire and, and their architecture is super, super interesting, mm-hmm. the, what the Ottoman Empire did, and, and it's just very rich. Like, if I could, I would have done so many more bags, you know? But I was like, <laughs> okay, I need to focus. Um, but they had they had the glasses, the glasses in the windows, which had, like, special shapes already with, like, special ink, so that's what made me think about the colors. Kind of like churches, but they're actually, mm-hmm. like... Um, mosques and um, they had all these beautiful gardens around so that's why I started thinking about the construction of the flowers from the gardens around it and uh, I used part of the shape of the towers and the doors and all these things and I was and because they're very organic 
-hmm. it just allows you to really dream about how you're going to manipulate the shape a little bit you know like you bend it a little bit more then you get something interesting to make a cover so i guess that's kind of like the way i operate yeah is there any particular designer you love Okay, I, I worship Joji Yamamoto. <laughs> like, Joji Yamamoto. Okay. Um, because, uh, well, it has nothing to do with my aesthetic. You know, like, yeah. after, I, I like so many other designers, but I like his philosophy about design. Like, it's not a shallow one. Not, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very well thought. Um, he started um, as a tailor and his mom didn't want him to study tailor, like he, she just wanted him to be a businessman because that's how you make money, you know, <laughs> and, um, and he really refused, you know, he was like, you know what, no, I'm going to do this and he loves the nape of the woman, the, the back of the neck, so he wanted her to make, like, uh, to, have, to be very elegant, you know, he wanted her mm -hmm. to be very chic, so he's like, how can I create something that doesn't look sexy in your face but it's just like it shows a little bit of the wrist or show like something just very just a very elegant concept and uh, when he went uh he went to to show in paris for the first time he was invited by his girlfriend there who's like the creative director of comme des garçons mm -hmm. i also love a lot <laughs> um and they went there and they brought black no one was wearing black and they had like like a block like a black explosion you know so for like two or three runways no one knew what was going on they're like like really like three seasons where people were like what is this this doesn't make sense it, it looks like garbage bags you know because it was deconstructed it had volume you know it was just not normal it wasn't it just went absolutely against the stream and uh, i have so much respect for him because it takes a lot of balls to do that you know uh, yeah. and then he did that and then people got it and then people you they educated their eye to understand that there were other things besides the traditional yeah. french couture traditional italian you know fashion and uh, so that's why I would say like he's one of my favorite and every time I look at it I'm, I'm like I love his documentaries and I love watching designer documentaries in general mm -hmm. I like to see how they operate like I love to see how they work I love them with Fustenberg as well like how she started mm -hmm. her business and each one of them has their little quirk and why they started and the way they work is always different you know so I'm I'm passionate about people who are passionate basically so I just have a lot of respect for anyone who decides to be a fashion designer and you know have their own brand and do all these things yeah and do something different yeah it takes it takes a lot you know to to, yeah. to decide to do something that is not necessarily going to fit with everyone and to create your own crowd you know because you create your own community that is going to appreciate mm -hmm. it not it's not going to be for everyone you know and, and I like that I really respect that mm -hmm. many brands do collaborations nowadays is that a territory you're trying on? Yes. <laughs> so um, we recently did a collaboration for a designer. She's a couture designer called Fung Mi. Mm -hmm. uh, she's Vietnamese American, mm -hmm. and um, she wanted to create two uh, handbag lines. So she has a diffusion line and she has a couture line. Okay. So I created a handbag line for each one of her brands, basically, and it's gonna be coming out for spring summer. And now we're in talks with another established designer in Indonesia, who I can't mention yet. Okay. And uh, we'll be designing some special pieces for her. She has a concept store, so we'll be designing some special pieces for her, for her concept store. So for me, it's interesting because it makes me think, it makes me go into a different mode. You know, like, it's still my head. Part, part of it are her ideas, part of it are my ideas. So basically, it's my ideas, and I'm like, do you like them? <laughs> and, and it's nice to be able to work under a certain scheme, you know, because if it's my head, my head is crazy, you know? It'll just go everywhere. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But uh, having to work and make someone happy and, like, still please them in a way that it's their vision and my vision combined, it's a little bit more difficult, and I like the challenge of it. So I really enjoy it.
did you work with uh, celebrities, bloggers, or I influencers? Worked with, I worked with all of those. <laughs> it's interesting. Let's just put it that um, It's it's an experience. I would have to say, but, but it helps brands, right? It it really helps. It's really great. It gives exposure. Um, and it also helps you find your market, you know, because sometimes mm -hmm. you work with people that you wouldn't necessarily think like it's kind of like testing, you know, you're like, okay, like, you know, let's let's put a bag on this girl and then maybe there's no results. And then maybe those girls that you really don't expect it and then you sell out in a model, you know, okay. and, and it's crazy. You really never know, especially because now there's so many people who are uh, like fashion hungry right so they follow these Instagram accounts that maybe doesn't fit their style mm -hmm. but then they see something that really talks to them you know and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's their aesthetic you know so it, it's something as I said that also surprises you um, it's a very interesting marketing tool at least for research and, and it's cool it really gives exposure to your brand um, just make sure you work with the right ones who are professional that's what I would say okay. yeah <laughs> because as everyone like it, it comes with its, its share of experiences you know right yeah I kind of I know what you're talking about <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> what lessons have you learned running your business because you've been doing so many and for, even for owners uh, as a consultant you've been also mm. working for other people that what lessons okay learn yeah <laughs> always keep the professional parts apart from the personal life like you know that some people are very nice but sometimes they're not the professional you know and I'm very friendly <laughs> so sometimes it's like not great <laughs> um, so I would say really do your research when you're working with other people not just you know like when it comes to production to when it comes to consulting to when it comes to the people you hire make sure that the people you're working with are as passionate as you are about your own project you know which is a bit hard yeah. but find people that have great work, work ethic that's what I would say and also you're never prepared to have your own bread. Never. No. It's like, it takes it takes a lot and it's it's so much fun. You know, it's 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 great to be tired because you love doing something. Um, but you learn so many things. It's just very wholesome. You know, you, you learn to think about the PR part and the communications and you sit with your team and you're like, okay, this is what we're gonna do, but it's something that you never had to think about before because you're just a creative, you know? Yeah. And then okay, but you have to tone it down, you have to make it commercial. It is a, it, it makes you wear a lot of different hats and, and I really love that. So I would say as a new designer maybe one be very wise with your budget mm -hmm. be very very wise with your budget how do you invest it and do your research you know look for references of people who have worked with this or that um, if you're putting things in your store make sure it's a store that actually works with your vision and the people right. who goes there so sometimes like I've had some friends that really put things in some stores and it doesn't really work and then, then it makes them look bad because it doesn't fit the style or whatever so it's good to really know where do you see it working you know and uh, yeah find people who are passionate and and have a great working ethic that's what i would say and that's super important mm. Mm, super important i saw your website that you're opening in korea yeah <laughs> so and i like the strategy you're, you're putting together for that country um share it with the listener please so uh, <laughs> really you know korea is their third largest marketing luxury okay. and they're basically the country to look at when it comes to Southeast Asia so you know um, Indonesia looks at South Korea Singapore looks at South Korea like that's the place where you find the new trends coming in you have k-pop k-pop is so strong like it really leaves yeah. such a mark in everyone on that side of the world mm -hmm. you know even here in Kuwait they watch you know like case of operas you know it's crazy like it's like it's huge it's like yeah. they watch the dramas da, da, da. I'm not accepted <laughs> and uh, because they dress so cool it's like they're, cool. they're so conscious about what they wear it's yeah. crazy like they're like 
it's a walking magazine, you know, <laughs> but in different ways. You find all sorts of women. You have like the glamasons, you have the sexy ones, and then you have the girls who are doing their own thing, you know, which are the ones I love. Oh, I love all of them, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and um, so we started getting a lot of requests from South Korea, from Seoul. We started selling a lot in Seoul and Busan, and uh, through my online store. So it was a bit of a surprise once again. Um, and I started thinking like, hmm, that's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then there were more, and then more, and then more, and it started like being a product that was really requested there so we decided we're gonna have a small pop-up shop for that like for a little bit like a temporary shop and we're looking for a face that represents us in that country so at the moment we're looking for our South Korean face which is gonna be the face for spring summer 17 yeah, you have like another website, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I have some Holy girls competing, sending their photos, all this. Uh, it's very exciting, and uh, it has really like opened up a lot of doors there. And it's a market that really, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Like you look at their, it's my favorite fashion week. I love it. I like a lot of Korea too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it's my favorite country to shop as well. <laughs> what do you want your brand to reach? How do you see Marie de la Roche in five years? An empire. No, okay, like the, the vision keeps changing for sure. Um, but I really see it as something that becomes a lifestyle brand. You know, in like some years, I really wanted to. Uh, we're thinking about opening our own shop in a couple of years and mm-hmm. having our own standalone place. And at the moment, we have. But only with bags, or you think you transition? No, I, well, we're also doing other accessories, which is also a surprise for next year. Oh! Um, <laughs> and uh, maybe ready to wear really way down the line but I would like to create as a concept like different objects different things that fit into the brand you know like full full lifestyle mm-hmm. and uh, but in a couple of years so we're developing at the moment and uh, we actually have a travel line that we used to do so that one is like more hush hush we have it in a couple of hotels and um, we'd like to expand into the menswear line as well in a couple of years as well so we'll see yeah. it's, it's very I want it to be organic I don't want it to be forced but there's many ideas yeah wow you're full of energy so I can't see that okay Marie our time is up Thank you so much for everything. It was really cool having you. Thank you so much. And getting to know you better is a real pleasure. Stay blessed. Thank you. And to the best fashion interviews. (laughs) Bye-bye. And this was our interview with Marie de la Roche. She is so much fun to have around. And on top of that, you can tell she knows her stuff. If you want to know more about her gorgeous handbags, check her website or the article in our magazine, DubaiFashionNews.com. I will leave the link in the description. From Dubai Fashion News, the magazine and the podcast, we want to thank you for being there. I really hope you enjoy what we're doing here. If you like it, hit the subscribe button and give us your five-star rating on iTunes. Your five stars will allow this podcast to grow and get more visibility within iTunes. And don't forget to leave a comment. Your feedback is super important for us. We want to know your thoughts to keep on improving. You can subscribe to our digital magazine, DubaiFashionNews.com. There you can find all the archives with past podcasts in case you want to catch up. And if you want to communicate with us, send us an email to hello at DubaiFashionNews.com or use our Facebook or Instagram accounts. Thank you and see you in the next podcast.